This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever. Dog. Sometimes a school is incredible and you can't quite explain it, so you try. Is Hampton High? Hi, you're listening to Hampton High, the podcast that asks the question, what about WTF with Mark Marin? but for my school? I'm your host, Hampton McKelvey. I'm a junior, and I'm talking to Rockville Prep's most interesting students, staff, and all of the above. Rockville Prep, go skunks. Hello, skunks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hampton High. Um, this is going to be one of those episodes where I sort of bring you into my world a little bit, it'll bring you into my life a little bit, bring you into what's been going on with me a little bit, you know. Um, I am in English class. I'm in U.S. history um, with Miss Galapudi. Um, and basically what's been going on recently is that like, I actually am a pretty good student generally. And I know a lot of you think of me as like Mr. Straight A, Mr. Like going to Georgetown, hopefully. I mean, like, obviously I am not positive, but that's where I want to go. I've talked about it a billion times. I want to go to Georgetown. Um, but like, and that's a good school to get in. So you have to be a good student to get into a good school like that. I know a lot of you think of me like that. Cause I think of myself as that kind of guy, I know that sort of reflects upon you. And a lot of my thoughts about myself are reflective on how the student body perceives me. You know what I mean? Like... Me, I know I'm smart because a lot of you guys see me as smart, plus I get good grades. <laughs> so that also helps in sort of uh, figuring out that part of myself. But I – and I really like history. Like I love learning stuff. I, I'm obsessed with the History Channel. I love like historical movies and shit. Like I love that stuff. Um, and unfortunately, I'm in a weird situation right now that I've never really been before where like I'm not getting very good grades specifically in my history class, in my U.S. history class, which is, like, weird for me. And, like, I'm not really sure what that means about me. I think it's actually more of, like, a material thing, to be honest. Like, I think I'm the same engaged, intelligent, inspiring student I've always been. But we're, like, talking about the progressive era, like, the late 1800s, where there's, like, unions and, like, strikes and, like, you know, robber barons. And just, like, there's no war so it's like, what are we learning about? Do you know what I mean? Like, I love Revolutionary War, love Civil War, love World War One. kind of confusing though, love World War Two. confusing but in like a fun way. Um, Vietnam's also interesting, but we haven't, we, we never talk about like the 60s in that way in class. But like, I love to learn about that too. Um, but because there's no war in the progressive era, I'm sort of like, what am I even like learning about? And so like, I haven't gotten very good grades in that class so like yeah this is gonna be the uh, no my luck this is gonna be the fucking viral clip of this episode that yeah hampton admits he's not getting good grades in one class in like one semester okay so like yeah make that viral if you want but no it's just like it's a limited thing it's a limited time offer to watch hampton get bad grades <laughs> um but um so uh i've been having good have not gotten good grades in this and miss galapudi the teacher 
um, she said that I could do an extra credit paper um, mm-hmm. to to I'll, I'll like, let you know when you come in mm-hmm. um, uh, to get you know to make extra credit. And so what she said is that she often does meetings with the people she does extra credit with before doing the paper so they can figure out what it is. And so I thought that we could just do that on air. Um, so, uh, Miss Galapudi, thank you for doing this. Hello. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Hampton, yeah, y- y- I would love for you to write an extra credit paper. Yes, about- it will. Well, take a breath. It's yeah. okay. We don't have to go right okay. into it quite yeah, yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Like we want, we want, so it's a listenable experience. We want to really ease into uh, okay, it. Okay, okay. You know See, I mean? I'm used to teaching, not really being on a recorded uh, space. For sure, and I'm so grateful for you to like, you know, to to really step out from the desk. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know. Um, so thank you for doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have you been a teacher? You know, um, ten years. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you've only been at like Rockville for like three years, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. You love it. You love Rockville. It's an okay place, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. wacky place. Yeah, no shit happens here. Uh, um, sorry, stuff happens here. Yeah. But just you know, Hampton, if you, we've talked about this. I know. I don't curse. I don't curse in class anymore. Uh, that's true. But Hampton. Well, I'm gonna edit. I edit out all the curses in the pot. So okay, I, thank you. Just so we can be more free spirit. Yes. Because like you can like relax. You know, mm-hmm. like um, it's fine. Like you're a teacher, but like it's cool. We're just talking. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you for letting me do extra credit. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, what were you what were you what do you usually talk about in these extra credit meetings? So usually I try to encourage the students to uh, extra credit is a space where you can just speak about whatever you want. Okay. And like but has, write about whatever you but want. But write about whatever yeah. you want. So, okay. Um, yeah, it's not an oral extra credit. It's uh. It's all written. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I just making that clear for the readers. I knew that. Oh, okay. But we, could you could we do a speech if we wanted? No, to? Hampton. This is a history class, not a speech and debate class. But you could do a speech about like history stuff, right? That's just not the extra credit assignment, okay. Hampton. Okay. Just asking. But you can write about whatever you want because I know that history is such a restrictive space. So, like, I'm trying to encourage students that maybe their extra credit assignment can be something that they're interested in. And Hampton, I just am really wondering if you like anything past war. Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's I, a little concerning. No, 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 no. I don't. I'm not like a war head. I just like in history class, war helps. War helps to like pay attention, like to like, tell a story. You know what I mean? So like Hampton, I'm trying to encourage that there are other stories beyond just war. You know? Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. It's just concerning for me to see a young boy. Yeah. Love war. <laughs> I, I I know that sounds bad, but like, I like others. Like, I'm not thinking about war day in, day out. You know, like, why would I? Like, that's insane. Like, yes, I mean, yes, our country's at war right now, but why would I think about that? You know what I mean? Until it's done, because then you can tell the story about it. Oh, so so you- I'll start thinking about today's war when that war is done. Do you know what I mean? I un- yes, I understand. But there's so much other things that happen during history, Hampton, past just war. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like all the years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as much as you believe that the progressive age that you're speaking of is boring because there's no war. Yeah, yes. There's a lot of really wonderful things happening, Hampton. Yeah, okay, sure. And I just wish that you would stay awake when I'm speaking about I, 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 one time. <laughs> <laughs> one time, one time, and I had stayed really late the night before. One doing time. what, Hampton? Homework. I was doing my homework. Okay. Well, Hampton, I'm interested into what what uh, what are you interested in past war? Do you like art? Are you into paintings? I mean, I like looking at art. 
But why would I write about that? You can like look at it or paint it. Do you know what I mean? Like why would you write about art when like art is something you don't read? You sort of oh, look at it or make it. What about music? I play guitar. You could write you could write about the history of a guitar through the ages as an instrument and how it's developed and how it's been used differently. You mean like electric versus acoustic? No. Oh my god, Hampton. No. The history of a string instrument. You know? I don't want to write about like a violin. I wanna write <sighs> you know what I mean? Like why would I Guitar is different from violin because it's like you can use it in rock, but you can also use electric violin in rock. Yeah. But that's sort of like a violin taking a cue off guitars rather than like being a part of like a s- tradition of stringed instrument. I don't know. Why would you write about guitar when you can listen to it or play it? <sighs> okay. Well, okay. Okay. What about sports? This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. What about sports? So like a, like the Olympics, you could write about like the history of the Olympics. I hate the Olympics. Oh my God. Why? Because it's like, I just think it's like false. Like what it's like us. It's like the world pretending we're all okay, but we're pl- pretending we're all okay to compete. It's like, what is it actually promoting? Like globally, it's like this weird thing where it's like a weird power struggle. And also like the people who also win the Olympics, like they can't really even like do it professionally afterwards. So there's not really like, you can't be like a professional, like high diver. You know what I mean? So it's like there's no like route to professional success. So it's like a waste of time for like what us to watch TV together. Sorry, not like the coolest thing in the world in my personal opinion. I mean, it's pretty cool, Hampton. It's kind of like the war of sports, huh? No, the war of the sports is like Super Bowl. Oh my god! But the war of sports would be Olympics because it's all of the world. I don't want. I don't want to write about that. Okay. Well, Hampton. I mean, what would you? What would you? If I mean, you're great in it. So, what would you write about? Maybe I could write about what you what you would write about. So I could get a good grade. So, I mean, honestly, uh, let's see. I've written a lot about performance, huh? As approaching a decolonial aesthetic, how performance can be utilized as a tool for social justice, specifically like nonverbal performance, right? So, like, how does like screaming and like dancing and just noise in general, how that can perform in a sp- in a specifically white space as disruptive? Uh, kind of like discussing through how language itself is an apparatus that holds people, marginalized communities down um, and how when marginalized communities perform uh, outside of language, how that can be a very subversive performance, especially in spaces like a museum or like larger spaces uh, that are that were typically held for primarily white cis straight people. Um, So that that. That is something you could think through, right? Uh, uh, nonverbal, so like, like mime. No, no. Well, miming, may, maybe, but specifically noise. But we're focusing more on like things that are still noises that are nonverbal. What does that mean? So, like a scream. Yeah, but like that's not a. But like screaming isn't like a. Perf- 
that's not like playing a music. Like, like rock is screaming. I guess you can scream like rock. Yeah, sure. You could scream, but like scream with like a purpose, like a purposeful performance out of a scream. What does that mean? So not just like, not just like, uh, and a scream by a mar- someone of a marginalized community. So, so like so a like, freshman? No, <laughs> no. Hampton, uh, a fresh freshmen are not. Do you believe freshmen are marginalized people? I mean, yeah, they get beat up all the time and like have to like. Even if they're really good, they can't be the stars of the sh- of the play. Even if they're really good, they often unless they're really really good, they can't like be varsity all the time. Like you know, and they can't take all like the cool electives that upperclassmen get to take. Um, they have to eat lunch a little bit earlier, which I guess is I actually would prefer to eat a little bit earlier. I kind of think, think we eat it too late. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say freshmen are marginalized. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. <sighs> Wow. To be honest, Hampton, that was pretty impressive how you were able to formulate that argument. But it is it. Freshmen aren't a marginalized community. Uh, maybe there are certain freshmen who are from marginalized communities. But and I agree with you that freshmen face oppression of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it is not. I'm thinking globally because we're going into a history class. Right. right so right, we're right. thinking of it in a global perspective. And we can't really go into saying that freshmen at Hampton High are the oh, oppressed. Oh, you mean like racism, sexism? Yes. Oh, okay, racism, yes. sexism. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although ageism is a thing, so I guess we could say that freshmen are oppressed to a certain extent, but we're, we want to put it in a historical context. Right, right, right. So that's racism, sexism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, so what we're right about... So we but, can't write about the freshmen at Hampton High. No, no, Okay, I just no, want to double no, check. No, You're no, not going to no, be doing that. And no, 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 no. Um, but... But th- so, but them scream, but sexism, but pe- sexism and racism and screaming, that's what you want to write about. Or, um, well, I also mapped it through um, movement as well. So movement with like nonverbal music. So movement? like, move, like, like dance. Like dance. Like, like dance. dance. Okay. Okay. And that, and what, and, and okay, I'm right. The, so uh, dance mime. No, uh, no, not fra- mi- mi- no miming. Let's not do miming. Okay, dancing, sexism, racism, screaming. As <laughs> what I'll start. And what do I? What should I write about that? So we should. Well, you don't have to write about what I'm writing about. I Hampton. Just, just, just as a, just as a. I'm giving you an example, Hampton. Sure. But, I, I think I'd prefer if you wrote about something you're interested in, like maybe but, like radio. Right? Isn't this a radio show? Am I podcast. on a radio it's a show? It's a podcast. So that's a little bit different. Is it? Um, it feels the same. I feel. Is this a radio show? Is no, it's a podcast. It's kind. Of, I mean, the kind. It, the the distinction is that you you can listen to it whenever. Oh. Yeah. Um. But I think I feel like asking. But you walking through this really interesting idea is going to help me know what like it would be good for a paper. So like. Oh. Okay. So like I have racism, sexism, screaming, um, and uh, dance, and, and like dance. what and what what. What do, what would you what would I what would you write about that? So I guess one of the things that I speak through specifically, I choose a performance and then I map it through a theory that I'm developing, right? And so I use the performance of Solange performing at the Guggenheim. She's awesome. Yeah, see, that's a contemporary performance that you can relate to a historical problem of uh, just oppression in the nation and. <sighs> How? Because that's just like a show at a cool place. Yes. Okay. Well, so the Guggenheim was built by primarily uh, people of color, primarily black people, right? Who actually weren't allowed in or even had exhibitions in the Guggenheim until much later. Like the first all uh, 
all black female retrospective at the Guggenheim wasn't until 2014, which is relatively recently. That's not really. So the, the Guggenheim's a I know it's a museum. Yes. They've but, had black artists in it primary like before, but to have like a full like retrospective of one black female artist wasn't until 2014. So Solange gets the opportunity to perform there. Okay. And she refuses for people to archive it. So like only professional photographers who had signed up have photos of it, but there's no recording or anything like that. And then she asked the audience to wear certain colors and it was all black performers. Um, And there's a moment that I speak through this paper where she's just uh, first starts repeating the word mad and then starts screaming and then in the next song, she sings like impromptu to a security guard. So how those things map, um, just like how the scream it breaks a space and how her performance in general breaks a white space, um, specifically through like non-traditional use of language. But two questions. Number one, but like, but that scream is like a part, because like a mime Yes. Or a dance, okay. but like okay. a mime or dance, all silent. You know what I mean? But this is what you're talking about. There's like some singing and then a scream. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, why can why can it? Why are you talking? Why would we be? Why would I be writing this paper? Why why was it one moment of like a nonverbal mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. in a in an already verbal space? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, how does that interact versus a completely nonverbal performance style or like? performance itself do you know what I mean well then we also I also talk about her dancing because she uses a lot of like modern dance and movement um like movement stuff and you separate that from the actual singing yes so I don't take I like those moments within the actual language is the moments that I'm talking about that approaches a decolonial aesthetic through nonverbal performance and how does that do it versus like her songs because I feel like the songs like how does that nonverbal stuff make a different impact? Do you know what I mean? Like, is that is that a dumb question? Because language fails to encapsulate the actual pain, but the nonverbal performance like performs something new and breaks the space in a very unique way. So, okay, what I'm saying, Hampton, is you can look at different performances and find uh, different things just by analyzing like two minute moments. Oh, so. Whatever you want to write for this extra credit paper. What other, um, I'm just curious, what other like, so like what other stuff? So then I also go into talking about, like I mentioned different examples towards the end of the paper, like when. So you've written a paper on this before? Yes. Okay, cool. So this is going to be helpful to me because then I have like a resource. Um, uh, But what else did you, yeah, what you were saying? When uh, Dick Gregory, who is like the first uh, black comedian. Should I bleep out Dick? (laughs) Should I bleep out no, Dick? Are you allowed Hampton, to say that? That, that, is, I know. that is his name, I know. Hampton. I know. I'm being a, I'm being a dude. Yeah, I'm you're, just, being a, you're being a dude. <laughs> um, but sorry, what were you saying? Uh, who was the first black comedian on Late Night. How uh, when he performs for an all-white audience and they're all laughing, how that also is a nonverbal performance laughing. So the audience's performance of laughter is also an acknowledgement and an agreement in their like complacency when he makes jokes about um, racial oppression. So the laughter is part of the performance. Yeah. Hampton, do you, have you ever performed comedy before? Well, I actually hosted a talent show. Whoa. Yeah. And, um, and I did some jokes up top. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was 
kind of cool. It was kind of like, I don't know, people listen. You know, people like listen. And that was like, I don't know, it was kind of cool. <laughs> but other than that, just like a few, like sometimes I'll make a joke between like a song or something, you know? Oh, yeah. If I ever perform music. I play guitar, so. Oh, whoa. So you can talk about moments between music and but, riffing. Maybe you can write a paper about that. About riffing? About riffing. I don't know. What else? What else? Well, so then after that, I also mention um, like queer core punk bands, uh, specifically in California. There's like a lot of. What is that? uh, It's it's punk music primarily performed by uh, I focus on queer people of color. There's a lot of like indigenous punk bands that uh, are kind of like out west. So I focus on a couple of songs from that and like how uh, their screams are performing uh, historicized pain. Right. Yeah. So that as an example as well, because even though they're like singing words and then between there, they're doing like an intentional scream. Um, And then I link it back to uh, there's this professor and writer, Fred Moten, who writes about Aunt Hester's scream and how scream and nonverbal performance can, uh, there's like historic lineage of resistance and so it's a reperformance of Scream's past. But here's my question. Maybe you answered this before, and maybe I'm just like an idiot, which actually isn't true, so that can't be the case. But <laughs> but when you say, like, when you're saying that these, like, screams or these, like, nonverbal stuff are communicating something that the verbal stuff isn't, mm-hmm. like, I kind of don't get that. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're doing, like, a comedy set, people are hearing your words, and the in the non the laugh, which you're saying is nonverbal, is a reaction to the words, mm-hmm. you know, like, and even, like, the dancing or the screaming in, like, a song mm-hmm. is all a part of, like, a, like, rhythmic and melodic structure, a verbal structure, if mm-hmm. we can call a song a verbal structure. Mm-hmm. So, like, how, how can and why should we separate those moments mm-hmm. from, from, from verbal structures? Mm-hmm. If we can call a song a verbal structure, which yeah. I think we could. So I think it's just what I'm talking about is I'm not eliminating language as a possibility to encapsulate these things. I'm offering them. I'm offering nonverbal performances as a means to perform something that can't be encapsulated by language because there's only no matter where it exists in a performance. Yeah, because I think that there's not enough words to encapsulate historicized pain. Okay. so these are. Um, other means to perform and approach like a decolonial aesthetic and to like break a historically white space that can only be, it can only, it can not only, but this is a way to like achieve that, that I think language often fails for us. But like, okay, so, and you can tell me I'm wrong here because like (laughs) I am like totally willing to like be dumb here. But like when I hear that stuff, I think like one, everyone knows on this podcast I'm white. So like, I, oh, hey, everyone, say, yes, everyone. I'll say it again. I'm a white guy for sure. Um, <laughs> I think they can hear it. Well, but they can't see me, so that's why I have to oh, tell okay, them. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't know if you can hear what I look like. Anyways, <laughs> don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at me. That was okay. Miss Calipudi. What I'm trying to say is that like. You know, I recently got into Nirvana. Okay. And there's, there's like pain and screaming in that. Definitely. And I guess that does communicate. When I listen to Nirvana, mm-hmm. I think that's badass. That's raw. You know, yeah. like, oh man, you screamed because you couldn't. You know, yeah. whoa. I do think that. 
And he is communicating pain because he actually, I don't know if you know this, he killed himself. Yes, I know. I Yeah. 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 Um, so he was obviously in pain too. And like, but obviously he's white. Well, so, so yeah. yeah. So my paper is just only specifically focusing on the pain of uh, people of color, but it's not eliminating the possibility of a white person screaming to also communicate pain. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So I am. So the thing is, you're. it's hard to write a paper, Hampton, about every single thing. So another thing I'm asking for your extra credit is to just focus um, on one specific thing, because then it's easy to write through that. Because if I were to just be like, a scream performs pain, I would be. I would write like over a thousand pages, because there's so much of Why that. Why do you think pain should be performed hmm. or 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 i guess another question is why you think pain is performed hmm. i think that it's just a way to communicate to people uh experience like okay you know nirvana they were perf- right so you're into nirvana right now is that a recent thing for you it on a side a note recent oh, thing. okay i didn't really get into them before like mm-hmm. i had heard some songs here and there but then i listened to like it wasn't Smells Like Teen Spirit because I heard that song before. Mm-hmm. It was that song. Um, it was actually kind of pretty, which was what surprised me, got me more into it. It was a, mm-hmm. mm, I'm so happy because today I found my friends in my head. I'm so ugly and that's okay because so are you. Broke our mirrors. That one. Um, and then I was like, what? what is this band? And I started listening to it more and like, Oh, I love that song. It's like, hey, wait, I got a real complaint. That one's called Heart Shaped Box, and it's actually not on Nevermind, which is the album everyone knows about. Oh, but yeah, yeah, but it's kind of a new thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I guess uh, the there's a certain, what Nirvana allows us to do is to acknowledge our own pain and find mm. like, some sort of community, right? Because I think there's a stigma against men feeling like, especially like mental and internal pain. So I think that a band like Nirvana opens it up to like uh, take down the tough boy act, right? By listening to that and being like, you know? So I that's mean, what Nirvana allows you to do. Yeah, and yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. So there is a purpose to that performance of pain. Don't you agree, Hampton? Yeah, that- do you feel like you're getting more in touch with your feelings when you listen to Nirvana? Are you feeling, you know, because that's a very different thing than be, you know, you're you're saying you're into war stories, but listening to Nirvana is a different sensitive side that kind of veers away from being into that sort of machismo war story. Yeah, and I actually know what machismo means. So wow, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, I get, yeah, no, for sure, yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. And I guess so, like, if you, if people have come, like, and if there's different pain, mm-hmm. and everyone's getting, everyone has different types of pain, too, mm-hmm. and you can't, like, like, no one knows my pain. And so, like, sometimes people assume they do, and you can, like, reflect that back on everyone, you mm-hmm. know, and be like, I don't know. Anyone. So what I've learned is that people don't know my pain, but I also don't know anyone else's pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I guess, like, if someone, if someone has pain that's, like, similar, you get that. And uh-huh. so, like, performing that would make it, like, oh, you get my pain, too. Exactly. And there's all these different versions of pain in the world. Exactly. Like, war. Like, war. You can be in different um, well, types of war. No. Because, like, if you're, I like, just... no, I'm, 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 not, I'm not even doing that. I'm just using that as an example that, like, someone going off to war and staying at home during the war, those are different types of pain. Mm-hmm. That, you know? That's true. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So there is a way to still speak about war in a different way. Yeah. Hmm. 
So that's that's an option for your extra credit if you speak about war in a different way rather than, you know, the actual violence and battles that incurred. What else are you talking about in this thing? This is kind of an interesting thing. I haven't really thought about this before. So basically, uh, one of the the whole thing is that that um, noise can noise and nonverbal performance uh, in general can be used as a resistance tactic, a resistance tool. Um, just not only in performance, but uh, even like in protest. Okay. Um, just like sheer mass amounts of people in protest, uh, it, like showing up as like, even as like a silent protest, just like existing in a large amount of, in like a large group of people in a space um, is visually an act of resistance. Like a, if, a, if thousands and thousands close to like a million people or millions of people around the world actually are protesting, Trump, right? Mm -hmm. Just that sheer mass is a performance of resistance. And they're not all saying the same thing. They're not all even speaking the same language. But just knowing that mass amount of people showed up in a space is an act of resistance and a performance of resistance. So just thinking through other means of resistance, not only in performance, but how that can be like trickled into like real life protest. So I guess you're sort of talking about like what like I guess you're sort of saying that like there's a lot that can be communicated without words. Exactly. And like how mm -hmm. and because there's a lot of that it can be communicated I guess you're talking about like how certain instances of that are communicated mm -hmm. and what that means about like I guess the mission mm -hmm. being you know um you say resistance so mm -hmm. like like protest and like that stuff mm -hmm. that's interesting mm -hmm. just thinking other alternatives um past language um which is ironic to write a paper about it using language, but it also proves that uh, that the language used in the paper itself is still unable to encapsulate what I'm trying to say about performance. That's so fuck. Uh, that's so freaking. Oh that's my goodness, freaking, Hampton. That's so freaking badass. Because it's like, what can we? What can we actually say? What we can't? We actually mm -hmm. say like, what can be? That is like great. You know, like if because like if we lived on like a giant. We wouldn't know it was a giant. We just know like we'd see an eye. We wouldn't even know it was an eye, you know? We would language can't talk about that. Yeah. But seeing an eye open mm -hmm. that you can't describe that experience, you yeah, know? Yeah. Exactly. And there's also like this whole thing about a lot of things can't be translated. Cause there's not a oh, universe. Like in, in different languages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So but like a laugh is a laugh in any language. Uh, um oh, what? Wait. You know what Say I mean? Say that again. Say so that again. There's certain like sentiments that can't be translated across languages, but there are things like laughing and screaming and like certain movements that are like clear indicators past language that communicate things. That's cool. I also want to get in real quick. You know that bonjour is hello and goodbye in French? Yes, Hampton. Yes. It's just like aloha. Bonjour. Right? Bonjour. I don't think that's a thing. Bonjour. Bonjour. Those are two. So, bonjour. Yeah. Bonjour. <laughs> Hello and goodbye. 
Yeah, you have to verbal, you have to also describe. It. He's waving in different ways when and he's saying not, bonjour. And that's not verbal. Exactly. Well, because like a wave is also communicating hello or goodbye, like Ex- bonjour. Exactly. You're smart. Thank you. Thank you. That's cool. Hampton, so are you. I know. Look at that. Yeah, you act surprised, but. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot. You're going to Georgetown, or you're applying to Georgetown. I'm applying to Georgetown. Yes, fingers yes. crossed. Yeah. What well, you know? This is making me think that, like, after I paper on history, mm-hmm. and like we're sort of talking about like protests and stuff, and like, what if I like wrote a paper about like the '60s? Because mm-hmm. like hippies and mm-hmm. like protests were really '60s, and like you know LSD and like cool music that I'm really into uh-huh. and like like Jimi Hendrix doing like the Star Spangled Banner that's like sort of exactly what you're talking about in some okay, ways right yeah you want to just write a paper about that song and performing it well I, I, I think I could talk about that in connection to the Vietnam War because the Vietnam War was sort oh of what it was all God. about and so all this protest was geared towards the Vietnam War <sighs> and about how like and so how does protest incorporate with the war and okay. what also happened in the war? Because it's a pretty confusing war I don't really understand. So maybe I'll write about the Vietnam War and talk about the other stuff as like a part of it. Because I think that probably was a part of it, like affecting like, you know, like what the president wanted to do. But mm-hmm. there was like, you know, how would he, how that affect his decision in the actual war of mm-hmm. Vietnam? So I think I'm going to write a, a paper on the Vietnam War and maybe I'll talk about um, that protesting happened at that time. Why don't you flip it? Why don't you talk about the Jimi Hendrix performance and then have like a paragraph or two about the the Vietnam War is very long and confusing. Have you watched that docuseries, the Ken Burns docuseries about the Vietnam War? It's like 10 plus episodes and each one is like an hour and a half. And even that doesn't encompass the whole war. I hear you. I'll do one battle. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.